Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes. Welcome in, Balloon Party, 101 ESPN. My name is Timothy Michael McKernan. Standing across from me wearing a Celtics jersey is Action Jackson. What if we were on YouTube? I think I have YouTube in here soon. Some yeah. Point, I think. People can People see us. See you. They can see why you're the most eligible bachelor in St. Louis. That's exactly right. According to Tim. what? Uh, a Forbes. Live magazine. And, and Forbes. Forbes. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Forbes is it was, yeah. drive circulation. It's a down month. Eligible bachelors. <laughs> Sports Talk Radio in St. Louis. Yeah. It's a hot topic on the coasts. You can text into the show 65780. It is the Air Comfort Service text line. Action Jackson, I was saying this off air, and I'll say it on air there too. I said these questions that you prepare for the show, I could do two hours on any of the four that you uh, that you sent over last night. Well, thank you. I just, it's, I, I, I think it's a skill. Now my talent is something that once is once in a generation. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Maybe once every other generation. It skips over a generation. It's just like over our, Generation X. Just like our our hair patterns. Right. It skips a generation. Yep. That's uh, well. Unfortunately, I did get that from my father. My <laughs> brothers have full heads of hair, and they're pleasant. People like them. It's a whole thing. Yeah. That can do. A, I can do a series of shows on that. <laughs> but uh, the the ability to do this is not easy, and I appreciate it, and uh, and it engages here with the audience. So I like that as well. So uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll I'll throw out what Jackson threw out there, and we'll see what the people have to say. As far as uh, things going on this morning and things that have taken place last night of interest to St. Louis area sports fans, Cardinals losing last night. I think the biggest thing would be Jack Flaherty. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. you know, it's the Pirates, but still, you win seventy-five percent of the games with the Pirates. That's a okay. You right. win one hundred percent of them. But what is a bigger issue? The issue is Jack Flaherty, and that was not a good situation last night. Uh, do you have the sound? I saw people saying, oh, I didn't like the way Jack Flaherty talked in the post game." Do you have that? Do you know what I do? I, I didn't hear it. I didn't see so it anywhere. Was this off mic or something? No, I'm sure. I, I get all of, like, any post game sound I get. I just see it, and it usually is just right there. And I never, I didn't see Flaherty's. I didn't see, I saw, like, a, I went to bed pretty early last night, so I didn't see it. But I woke up this morning, and I was reading through, you know, a bunch of different Beat writers and stuff, and I didn't. So that just, about just it. really, I hate to inter- I hate to interject because it's just not, it's not my style. But that means you didn't stay up to watch overtime of the Lightning and the Colorado Avalanche. Oh no, 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 nope. I was in bed. I was, I was in bed while the sun was still out. I didn't fall. I, I fell asleep when the sun was down. Wow. But I was inside my bed when the sun was still out. My God. And that's more of a reflection on the sun being out until eight forty at night, which is wonderful. Right. My money. Huge fan, especially on the weekends. It's awesome, but. I was in bed uh, early last night. All right, I'm tired. Enough. It was a great tired. game. Well, I was worried. I'll get back to the Cardinals in a minute. This is this is ADD theater. Yeah. Just have to deal with it. Uh, I'm watching the game, and I see Patty Maroon the delay a game late, and I was just like my heart sank. Yeah, I'm like, oh god, this is the worst case scenario. Maroon pops off about Cronky, then he fires the puck into the stands as we saw here happen against the Avalanche and how they've wrapped up game six in St. Louis. And we went, oh, God, no, not this. And they were able to hold off the Avalanche power play unit, and it was through the end of regulation and the start of overtime, but that thing ended pretty quickly. 
uh, in overtime. So Colorado wins game one, and it was not because of the Maroon delay game penalty. I'm not that concerned yet. I, I, I thought, if anything, the fact that the Avalanche were up 3-1 and jumped out to a quick 2-0 lead and, and Tampa was able to bounce back like that. I don't know, man. I just, I'm not, this would be a spot. I hate to do it. This would be a spot, though. I would look at taking the Lightning. Mm. I, know it's, I know it's counterintuitive. You go, yeah. but they're down one nothing. I go, but that's when you can get some better pricing. Get the value. That's when you can get some better pricing. I'm just telling you what I'm telling you, so you can do with it what you want. I, I know I'm, I know, listen, it's, there's emotion in this thing. Don't get me wrong. I do not want Stan Kroenke and the Colorado Avalanche. Even if Kroenke didn't own him, I didn't, I didn't enjoy that operation. I really didn't enjoy the media covering that team for the most part, not everybody. And how the Blues were portrayed as like bad guys and St. Louis full of bigots and Craig Berube's a bigot and all this crap that went on with that, this moralizing, this clickbait BS. So, you know, piss off. Uh, let's see. Lightning are plus 230 for the series. I would have thought it'd be better than that. Well, either way. I think that's pretty. I, I... It's good, but I would have thought it would have been higher after right. being down 1 0. Yeah, that's I what I'm you. saying. I, I would have thought you. it would have been closer to 300, like a yeah. plus 275, but it's plus 230 right now. If they had lost in Tampa, I think the odds would have sure. been really Absolutely. Yeah. But uh, the plus 230 is the number now on that series. All right, back to the Cardinals and uh, and Flaherty. The, the thing with Flaherty is a couple of two, two, two main things. He really looked down mm-hmm. out there. Yeah. Now, I don't know what's in his head, and even what's in his head, he's understandably not going to necessarily talk about it post-game, you know, in front of the media. But that was concerning to me. The performance, of course, was not good. It actually wound up getting better-ish relative to where it started. Uh, Watching the broadcast, and Dan McLaughlin, who will join us at 1045, as he does every Thursday here on Balloon Party, and Brad Thompson... Uh, we're talking about it, and you know, it got to a point where I think he was at 35 pitches, and either Dan or Brad said, "Yeah, you got it. Oviedo's getting up, and you got it. You can't let this thing get worse. You can't have it impacted beyond the start." It was bad, and again, it's the Pirates, so you know that's not. It's kind of a quadruple A operation, and it was bad. He was getting hit. He wasn't having control. Yeah, he had three strikeouts, but it just wasn't good. And the thing, but. That's you know that's a that's a micro thing. The macro thing is, he looked frustrated. He looked down, and you know I'm reading between the lines. This is 100% speculative, but if you go into the Flaherty start, as I think a lot of people were, which is hopeful that you can see not necessarily the second half of 2019 form that we saw that was yeah. so dominant, but even 75% of that, and that can be a solution for the Cardinals, and you see that. I don't think too many people wake up this morning feeling like that is something that is all that realistic in the very least in the near future for the Cardinals. And I would imagine the Cardinals feel that way too. And even if I didn't even see the results of his pitches, mm-hmm. like I didn't even see where they, they they went in the zone or what the Pirates hitters did with them, his body language conveyed frustration didn't con- convey concern but it conveyed frustration and uh is, you know i don't know for any of you who ever played competitive sports or play individual sports you know when your opponent isn't feeling it or you may may know when you're not feeling it and your shoulders are down there's a body language tell right and there was a body language tell of frustration yeah. um doesn't mean i'm sure he was frustrated by the results don't get me wrong i hope he was frustrated by the results and not how he was feeling mm-hmm. but it always goes back to me with a pitcher and a shoulder and that's so problematic it is so problematic 
And I know there are some Cardinal fans who really don't like him, um, and I, I do not share that opinion. Um, but, you know, hey, to each their own on things and, and, and whatever on that stuff. Taking it from simply the baseball perspective, uh, I mean, that guy in the second half of 2019 was an absolute force. And if you can get even three quarters of that, right. what that can do for the team. And he has really been, Dan was talking about this with Brad last night, you know, even last year before he got hurt, he was in another world. He wasn't second half 2019 necessarily, because that was such a long sustained run of dominance. But what that can do for a team, and that was when you take away from it and you go, oh boy, what do we got here? And by that, and not just what do we got here in the short term, what do we got here big picture right i don't know it's a shoulder and but at the same time maybe he got out of it and he was just frustrated because the pittsburgh pirates were hitting him and he wasn't locating his pitches but he felt great i don't know and you can say well he said this and he said that post game but what somebody says and how they're actually feeling understandably oftentimes can be two different things so your thoughts on what we saw last night from jack flaherty the cardinals losing last night by a score of six to four to the pirates Day off today, if you enjoy betting overs, I think you will be... There's this thing, this is another brief aside. Sure. This guy I follow for Daily Fantasy Sports Weather, mm-hmm. and he is usually a subscription service. He's a he's a weather guy, so he's right. not like a tout who's uh-huh. going, Tonight, <laughs> I love the Celtics, <laughs> and I guarantee you the Celtics will be winning and forcing a Game 7. That's not that like, hey, the conditions and the humidity and also the wind in Chicago, this is a game that, you know, this this is a game that's going to be a monster scoring game. And I think there wound up being 17 runs in that, oh, and the yeah, number was yeah. 12. Right. That might be a better way to handle things. <laughs> uh, the weather conditions throughout the country is, are similar in St. Louis, and uh, you should see some offense. So uh, that could be what we see this weekend when the Cardinals go up to Boston and take on the Red Sox at Fenway. That'll be a nice test. Red Sox are now 34-29 and 29 and have won 8 of 10 and 3 straight. The Pirates losing streak, and I saw Derek Gould tweet this last night, that they had lost, what was it, 7 or 8 in a row, and yet they were still in 3rd place <laughs> by a couple of games, I think by 3 games, over the 4th place team. Not the last place. What a what a, what an operation. Yeah. Uh, Brewers win, so the Cardinals lead 1.5 games um, over the Brewers in the two-team National League Central. Uh, also, uh, this morning, Pat, um, Chris Nagel is out on the golf course. The St. Louisan is out on the golf course, and he's playing pretty well. There are some big numbers at the U.S. Open right now. Big numbers. 79 players are out there, and only 13, last check, were under par. Um, so it is not playing easy. I guess now the number is 18 are under par. There are guys who are 8, 7, 6 over par. Chris Nagel, the St. Louisan, who qualified, uh, is on the 17th hole right now, and he is 1 over par uh, in the early going. Michael Wellington, friend of mine and uh, somebody we work with with charity, Birdies for Bipolar, is his caddy. He is wearing his TMA hat out on the golf course, and uh, Nagel is one over par. He bogeyed two of the first three, but then he birdied 13, and he has parred everything since. 17, 18, 5, 7, and 8 are expected to be gettable holes, so he could have a couple of birdies here coming up here on 17 and 18 as he teed off on the back nine. So there it is. The table has been set. Action Jackson, what's on your mind? Tell me what's on your mind. You go to bed when the sun is still up. Not when the sun rises, but when the sun is still up from the night before. I'm a, you were talking about a little gambling, a little wagering. Okay. I got a little play for you tonight. Oh, my goodness. A little play. 
Are you teasing this? It sounds like you're getting better at teasing. Should I tease it or should I say you, it? You should tease it. All right. Because I'm sure we're late for a break. Just yeah, we on. are. So uh, God, I'll tease amazing. it. It's only eleven and a half minute segment. Yeah, it's well, we started a little late today. So. Okay. We'll uh, head to break, and I, and I have a little, I have a little wagering info for you. On that. I assume it has to do with yeah. the association. Your assumption is spot now, on, Tim. One might go, "Oh, Jackson and his NBA stuff," but here, what does it matter how you make your money? Exactly. You I mean, know, who cares? It, it, so I remember you had your Al Horford three pointers play, and it hit yes. on Friday night. And so at the end of that game, my wife's like, "Why are we watching this?" And I because I have money on Horford at threes, and he's only at one. And she was like, "Oh, floor the star, won two championships." Hundred percent was like that. <laughs> Absolutely, she was nursing a four-month-old. It was like a dream come true for her to be watching the Celtics and Warriors on a Friday night. Uh, and uh, and then Horford hit the three with like a minute or two left. Yeah, go over and I'm like, look at half. this, Anna Marie. We just got paid in the Escalade. Yep, and of yep. course, goes back to rolling your eyes. So, uh, yeah, I can't wait to hear what Jackson's got for us. That's yep. coming up. Plus, one of his these fine questions. I don't know which one I'm going to go with, but we'll see. Action Jackson uh, bringing the heat here on Balloon Party 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back to McKernan with you here, 101 ESPN. And uh, we are with you for an hour. We are off tomorrow, by the way. Yeah. I think Randy and Michelle do a half hour and then BK and Ferrari do a half hour. Believe half hour. so. I feel terribly about that. Yeah, I know. Me too. But I don't know what to. And I still haven't really taken like a vacation yet. Right. Right. We've so had a couple days off. Maybe you'll just come in and like talk it over with Michael Wilbon and. Break down uh, NBA regular seasons from... You just described my dream, so... Years, years gone by. Tim, what's his Twitter account you're talking about? Um, I would assume this texture is referring to Nagel Tracker. N-A-E-G-E-L-T-R-A-C-K-E-R. And it is a gentleman from St. Louis who's out there following Chris around who has a birdie putt on 17, and I'm anxiously awaiting. Jackson and I are both in here hitting refresh to find out if he yeah. birdied it to drop down to... He also might be talking about the weather, man, too. Uh, yeah, it could be that. That's a guy's name's Kevin Roth. Gotcha. So I don't know. And then I and then you can look at who I follow on Twitter and go, oh my God, this guy. <laughs> uh, Jackson, what is this bet that you want to give to people? Okay, you better be right here, man. I'm just because gonna... this is a way for you to start winning back the audience by making people money. I'm gonna try. So what do we got? We got Celtics and Warriors tonight, Game Six in Boston. The head official for tonight's game is named Zach Zarba. Zach Zarba has officiated 77 NBA basketball games. He has gone under 210 points in five of them. The over-under for tonight's game is 210. It is. I'm looking at Take it right now. Take the over. Take the over. Take the over of 210. Zach Zarba has gone under 210 only five times of 77 games. I'm going into my account right now, and I am now going to... Take the over. I think it's also important to know that Boston shot really poorly from the free throw line last or last game. Ime Adoka will have them shooting much better tonight, so they're going to take advantage of the opportunities at the line. The Warriors have Jordan Poole, who's the best shooter, free throw shooter in the NBA this season, on top of Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, who speak for themselves at the free throw line. All right. Over 210. Thank you, Zach Zarba. Uh, did you douchebag stop doing so? What your grandma think? Thanks. That's from the 618. Uh, thank you for the support. The uh, you know here here's the honest answer. Uh, I just thought well I, I think it's a wonderful segment, maybe once a week. Yeah, I agree. Daily, I thought I was, eh. I was a lot of Popovich sounds. Yeah, I was just like Jackson's clearly scrambling, and he has to produce 
our show from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. in addition to this one and then all of the other things that we do behind this. I'm just like, listen, listen. And, and then we only have four segments. Right. So like that's an entire segment. Yeah, and it's I'd 25% just, I'd rather, of the show. I'd rather go on. Uh, let's see. Fade Jackson. It's a hashtag. Fade Jackson. Listen, I gave you some very interesting information. I think it's valuable information to have. All right. Uh, let's see. What is this stuff about? Oh, this is about Jack Flaherty. Boy, Jack Flaherty gets people going, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. I wanted to do the, the questions. It was actually kind of uh, sentimental, actually. But let's see. This fan is really tired about hearing about the second half of 2019 with Jack! Exclamation point. He is not the Cardinal way. What does that mean? I'm asking a follow-up. If I could take a live call, I'd, I'd, I'd welcome <laughs> right. the, the uh, texture to call in to explain. He is not the Cardinal way. He will not stay here when he gets an opportunity to sign for more elsewhere. I wish people would stop touting this guy is a ST period exclamation point. I remember St. Ide's malt liquor in the 1990s. Ah, Ice Cube liked it. And watch right. this, Jackson. S-T period, crooked letter, crooked letter I. So I don't know if that's what that's in reference to. Something tells me it's probably not. And that's including you, Tim, uh, as uh, J.F. Cardinal Ace, please, exclamation point. I don't believe I said he's a Cardinal Ace. I, as a matter of fact, I know I haven't said that. I'll right. go that as far as I am. Every year. But I, well, yeah, I know. It's really a bold move for me. <laughs> Courageous. But... Uh, in the second half of 2019, he was sick. Yeah, so what I'm more. saying is if the Cardinals could get 75% of that, because I don't think he's going to be able to do that with a shoulder problem, uh, that would be a wonderful thing. And what you saw last night was not indicative of a guy who is uh, on the verge of recapturing even 75% of the second half of 2019. And from my standpoint, that's how I observe Jack Flaherty. So that's where I'm coming from. Hopefully my record has been uh, officially set straight with my perspective on that. Uh, but I can tell you this, I, uh, interview, I've interviewed Flaherty a few times. I think probably the most recent time was 2020 right. pre-pandemic. Yeah. And uh, man, it was, and it was only a month after Kobe Bryant had passed right. away. Right. And from my standpoint, which I guess is apparently an unpopular opinion in St. Louis, uh, I suppose with some, but it's fine. Doesn't matter to me. Uh, I, he's as far as a competitor goes, he's exactly what I'd want on my team. Absolutely, and he is an intelligent uh, competitor who just wants to win. So you know, uh, I don't share the same worldview or religious views as Kurt Warner or Adam Wainwright, and I would take them on my team every day of the week, and I would point to uh, Kurt Warner and Adam Wainwright as somebody for my sons to look up to, even though I don't share their worldviews or religion right uh so but if that's how one approaches how they cheer for people that to each their own god bless them uh but from my standpoint uh i can just tell you in my experience with jack flaherty first class competitor and uh an incredibly intelligent person who i think uh, if he can get healthy and i don't know if that ought to happen once you get a shoulder your pitcher uh it affects conservatives and liberals the same way the slap tear uh, it, it, you know, it, he, he would be somebody I'd want to be a Cardinal for a long time as a long time Cardinal fan. But if people don't feel that way, then like I said, to each their own, uh, six, five, seven, eight, zero is how you can text into this radio show. It's the air comfort service text line. All right. Action Jackson. Yeah. A little sentimental Thursday for you is what you wrote. Uh-huh. Seeing as this will be our last show before father's day. Would you share some of your favorite memories of watching slash playing sports with your father? 
Also, what have been some of your favorite moments, including sports, with your son? And what sports-related moments do you look forward to with both of your sons? All right, I know you are, as I would imagine, 99-plus percent of people are, uh, either, you know, especially as you grow up, even more appreciative of your father. Yeah. Um, or, as the case can be, miss your father greatly. Sure. And Father's Day can be bittersweet. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go to you first because I believe uh, you will probably have some anecdotes here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with my dad, my dad was a basketball coach for many years, high school level. But, uh, when I was younger, he would coach my teams probably since about like fourth, third or fourth grade up until my brother took over as coach seventh and eighth grade. Um, my brother's 10 years older than me, so it was perfect. My dad though was an intense coach. He, uh, he was very passionate about the game and he was especially passionate about me. If I'm going to play, he said, you got to play hard or you don't play at all. And it was, you know, sometimes it would really get to me, but I knew that it was all out of love and that he just wanted to see me get better. And it came to uh, my first ever game on varsity my junior year. And my dad, even when he wasn't coaching, he'd be in the stands and he'd, he'd yell. His favorite thing to say was stop shuffling your feet. When I would run up the floor, he said I didn't pick my feet up enough. He would love yelling that, but I knew it was out of love. But my first game of varsity, I remember – coming up to the game after the game and saying like, I didn't hear you say anything and you did everything. Okay. He was like, Oh, everything's great. You've, I yelled at you or got on you all those times as a kid. So you'd eventually make varsity. Cause I knew it's all what you always wanted to do. Now I can just sit back and smile and watch you play. Oh, and what that, a great thing. And that really was like, it put it in such perspective because he said it with this biggest smile on his face. And I knew that, you know, he really meant it and he was really proud of me. And that was, uh, you know, for a long journey of, of basketball with my father for that kind of be the, the little bow on the end was really, really awesome. I really appreciated it. What a great anecdote. Thank you delivered. You. I thought you would, and you absolutely did. That's appreciate a great anecdote. Because I know your father and basketball coach, and you play in basketball. Um, for me, baseball and my dad, uh, the thing, he had something. We would run errands on Saturdays, um, and then on certain Saturdays, he called it the secret diamond. And I don't know where. I, I It was a park in South City. I'm mm -hmm. growing up in South City. Uh, it wasn't Francis Park. Um, and we would go and we would just play wiffle ball. Yeah. And it would be me and him and then eventually me and my uh, younger brother, Danny. And uh, and God, it was on Secret Diamond Saturdays. Oh, <laughs> the greatest thing yeah. in the world. Yeah. The greatest thing in the world. Um, and then I remember August 1982, him coming home and saying, we're going to the Cardinal game tonight, my first Cardinal game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I best. still can picture I can picture it. I don't know if I've created the image in my head. I feel uh -huh. like I can still picture it. I can picture, you know, just the enthusiasm, the excitement. Camp couldn't believe it. And then to go into that game and go into the ballpark. And I went with him and my mom, Lonnie Smith, inside the park home run that night. And I remember as Lonnie Smith was like rounding second base. He goes, I've never seen this. You know, I mean, Jeffrey Leonard's out there fumbling around with yeah. the ball. And, uh, and Lonnie Smith has an inside the park home run. And uh, I've never seen this in person. And uh, and then the next day, Glenn Brummer stole home. And two months later, the Cardinals won the World Series, and I was hooked. Um, more recently, the night the Blues won the Western Conference final against the Sharks, um, I uh, took him along with my wife to that game. Mm -hmm. And part of that was I, I would have loved to have had four tickets to be able to take my mom as well. Yeah. But part of that was because his job, he started in the mailroom at KPLR-TV when his dad died in the 1960s. 
and then worked his way up to be the vice president and general sales manager uh, from the mailroom. And one of his jobs was to sell blues hockey on KPLR TV. Mm-hmm. And at times it was a tough sale when yeah. things weren't going well. And, uh, you know, again, this is going back. Or the Blues were second-class citizens or even third place, I suppose, to take your pick of whatever football team or whatever was going on. And, you know, when he was selling the team, uh, they never went to the Stanley Cup final. And right. so I wanted to make sure that that's awesome. when they did, he was there. Yeah, that's incredible. And so I love that I have a picture of him clapping as the clock goes down to zeros. Yeah. Um, and I'll always that that game will always because of because of, because my dad was there. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It makes it makes it more special. Oh, absolutely. And then like I said, the backstory of that, he'd sold advertising for years for television and you know, and that was that was the moment they got to the Stanley Cup final. He wasn't selling when they went the first three years. Um and then as far as with my son, uh, when I'm out on the golf course with my son, I feel like it's field of dreams. Yeah. You know, five o'clock, six o'clock, there's nobody else around and it's me and him and he's just running around and he's happy. It is, it is field of dreams. Seriously. Yeah. And, uh, and it's, it's something that I, and we played catch for the first time Sunday night Mm -hmm. and, you know, I mean, I've tried to play catch multiple (laughs) times, uh, but, uh, we were able to do it on Sunday night and it's the absolute best. And on the fact that I have a four month old and I'll be able to do it again, Right. it's the greatest. And so I think I have a greater appreciation as most parents probably do once you become a father for how much love your parents feel for you right but then in addition to that um an appreciation for all of the things that they did because you don't necessarily realize it really realize it really feel it and have an understanding of the sacrifices that are made until you're a parent yourself yeah and so it's one of those things i don't i'll never say to you well this is you know this is what it's like because you can't, you can't, you can't convey it right. via words. Right. So you'll experience it and you'll love it and you'll love it and however you will love it. But it's not. I don't. I just. I don't. I, it's. It's. It's a beautiful thing. It's the greatest thing. Mm-hmm. And um, and you know I love what uh, what my experience has been so far and I'm looking forward to more. And I'm very grateful for. Uh, I have a greater appreciation now for my dad. Yeah. Um. Because of, you know, I can tell the man he is, the man he was, and raising four kids, man. Yeah. You know, wow. That's, that's a, you know, like I said, I mean, I'm, I have two, and I'm going, you know, holy crap. Right. But four, and I'm sure a lot of people, it doesn't, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't, it doesn't matter the quantity, right. of course. It's the quality. And uh, Father's Day is, uh, along with Mother's Day, uh, wonderful, wonderful holiday. Such a great to holiday. Yeah, it's appreciation. Both. So your Father's Day memories. Please feel free to yeah, uh, share them. Sure. A Father's Day sports story. Six five seven eight zero six five seven eight zero. Air Comfort Service text line. We'll read some of those coming up. This is Balloon Party. One hundred and one We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on one hundred and one ESPN. Man, we're getting some great stories on the Father's Day thing. Yeah. Tip of the cap, actually, Jackson, on that. Thank you. Dan McLaughlin going to join us here in about five minutes, by the way. Uh, Send yours in. I was sharing my memories. Jackson was sharing his. 65780. My dad took me to a Blues game against the Oilers on my birthday when I was younger. I always enjoyed the atmosphere, but something different happened this game. I was watching the game intently, and all of a sudden, a puck was flying me faster than I realized. I ducked, and the puck went to the empty row behind us. My dad hopped over the seats, grabbed that for my final birthday gift. 
Uh, that solidified my love for the blues and cemented a memory that I didn't know would last me a lifetime. That comes from A.A. Ron. That's outstanding. <laughs> and I love the name. And you love the name, of yeah. course. Uh, guys, my dad would always take me to a blues game. Every year on my birthday, one of the games you went to was Wayne Gretzky's, or we went to, was Wayne Gretzky's first game home game as a blue. And I... Uh, believe that was the same game Brett Hull was going for some goal record. I believe he scored four or five goals that game, and the marketing department wasn't ready for the giveaway. Um, that is from the 618. Uh, let's see. Uh, man, we're getting a lot here. Um, um, I'm going to try to run it down. Um What's the Dylan Hernandez thing? I don't know. Well, I, sometimes I feel like I, people I, are texting just, different just, things. Hernandez, Kevin, I'm sick of Dylan Hernandez taking shots at St. Louis. Please just enjoy your life of kissing Demoff's ass, playing in your. I think that might have some overtones. Uh, I think he's a reporter. Any right and writing bad sports articles. That's from Marcus Hennessy. I think he wrote. He's something. a sports reporter in LA Times. Who just yeah, he just writes things, and then St. Louis people write things back on Twitter right, and right. get likes. Right. Yeah, there yeah, it I mean, is. I, I can do it if you want. <laughs> but you know, I don't I mean he's a guy looking for attention. Right. So if you know the enemy is looking for attention, what do you do? Don't give him attention. Tim. Ah. You know. I yeah, mean, it's, it's, give us a damn. Who cares? Right. It's such a like. I mean, when I don't, you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm, you know, I it's it, like if I see the playbook and I don't really respect the strategy, I don't really go. Oh, you know, it's, it's, who cares? He's he's, he's is, in yeah. L.A. I mean, what you know? Yeah. He's ripping St. Louis. I can write back. I'll get probably a hundred likes. I still got to make putts today. Got to make putts. Got to make putts. Firm. You got to stay firm with it. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 just as, as a general observation, from a business model standpoint, if I'm in Los Angeles and I'm riding and taking shots at St. Louis, I don't really know if that's really something that plays well in Los Angeles because I think most people in Los Angeles couldn't even identify where St. Louis is or care. Right. They don't even care about some of the teams who play in Los Angeles, right. much less about St. Louis and any problems we're having. So it kind of conveys... You know his situation, if that's the the modus operandi, uh, and I gather that that's he just wants to get people worked up in St. Louis. It's working, I suppose, for some, but you know you don't judge everything based on responses on uh, social media. Uh, Tim, if we're airing odd grievances out of nowhere in the text inbox, I feel like Chipotle is making their burritos smaller. Thanks, it's from the six three six. If I give an award, I'd give an award for that text. It's a really good text. I, I haven't. I don't, I don't patronize, not because I dislike. I just right. have never had. They're pretty good. All right. Yeah, it's a good little little snack or a little dinner when in a pinch. You know where I go? Nacho Mama's on Manchester Rock Hill. Always drive throughs I always packed. On Tuesday. Oh, I know. Yeah, that's good stuff. Though. I hit there on, uh, I hit there on Tuesday. Uh, let's see. Um, I'm pulling for the Celtics, but my concern level went high when Smart scored 20 on the road and they still lost. That's from the 6-3-0. That's, you shouldn't be concerned about that. Memories with my dad going to every Rams home game from 99 through 2015. Once the team left, we have now hit every Blues home game. You know, I think that's the thing. That's that. That's what gets Dan going, McLaughlin. That's what gets him going. That's what gets him fired up. Just when we would be talking, like mm-hmm. totally away from microphones, we'd just be BSing. And he would talk about it. It wasn't an act, man. He was, they'd be like, my kids are so upset. And I got to, you know kids who were heartbroken about something and it was all this charade yeah that gets him going because that's how that's how he and i'm sure for a lot of sports fans they associate 
the love of a team most likely is not something, it, it can happen certainly, but most likely is something that is handed down really usually from generation to generation to generation. Right, That's the way that it usually works. Right. Now, I know some people, you know, adopt teams as, as, you know, as they grow, of course, but, you know, the ones that are ingrained in you that you get emotionally attached to that can either ruin your day or make your week most likely was the team you grew up cheering because that was the team your dad cheered for. Yep. You know. Absolutely. Or your mom. But I'm pointing out what the observation is with regards to how people become sports fans. That's what they see, you know. Uh, Dan McLaughlin's going to join us on the other side of the break. Looking forward to talking over a bunch of topics to solve with Dan McLaughlin. That's next year on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back, 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan with you to the top of the hour, and it's our pleasure to bring to the radio program, ladies and gentlemen, the great Dan McLaughlin. Morning, Dan. Well, good morning, fellas. How are you? God, I like that. <laughs> I like that. Feels like I'm sitting in front of oh, my you television. Come out right out of the gates. You gotta come right out of the gates, ready to be friendly, ready to say hello. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're teaching a course, and I enjoy it, and I like it because I feel like I'm watching the game. I thought uh, you and BT were awesome two nights ago. By the way, specifically the build-up for for what we were all hoping. That was just a, a, a just a damn good call of a game, sir. Well, I appreciate it. That was fun, wasn't it? Yeah. I thought he was going to get it. I did, too. I really did. I really did. I thought he was going to get it. But I uh, I thought Michael Walker was going to get it, too, against uh, Washington yeah. a few oh, years yeah. ago. So, what, Was that a Zimmerman infield hit? Was that what happened there? Something weird like that? Cosmo? Was Cosmo? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. The high chopper that went right over uh, Walker. And then Pete Cosmo was charging. And he, he did a great job. I mean, Pete made the play close, and Matt Adams was at first, and he stretched as far as he could and clean hit. And and that's the one thing, I, I think especially, I was thinking about this as a broadcaster, man, you, you just hope it's a clean hit. Yeah. Or, you know, it's yeah. a clean play, and, and there's no, uh, you know, you're not sitting there debating on what's going on. I mean, it's just like, hey, because you know – the call is going to live on forever, and you know that the moment lives on forever, and, and you just want it to be clean. And uh, I really wanted it for Miles. He's a good guy, and I know his teammates love him. So um, came up just short, but uh, what a night. It was a lot of fun. Uh, last night, uh, your perspective, I thought, again, I'm just telling you what I thought while I was watching the game. You and, and, and BT were on top of it from the get-go. Uh, yeah, I think it was right when Flaherty hit 35 pitches. You know, FBT is really good, isn't he? I'm a, I mean, why well, you? I, I can tell. You know, sometimes the, I th- something must go wrong with the mics because they just go silent every once in a while. Varmints, just, yeah, varmints. <laughs> that's right. You told us about the varmints. I, mean, I did it. I mean, you and I are South City brethren. I I, I giggle a little bit, <laughs> yeah. but... and I love it because I, I know there's giggling going on. <laughs> <laughs> He's a funny dude, man. It's good. Anyway, I, I'm sorry. No, no, yeah. hell, I enjoy this kind of conversation. But yeah, when Flaherty was struggling a bit and you guys were like yeah i mean 35 pitches you can't and oviedo gets up you can't you can't mess with it when you guys were talking whether it be on the air or off the air about what you saw last night i was reading between the lines and going okay he's clearly not happy his shoulders are sagging he's not and i don't know if he's not happy with what the pirates are doing to his pitches or what he's able to do with his own pitches what was your takeaway from what we saw there i think a little bit of everything that you just said i would say primarily frustration with maybe mechanics, the fact that he just wasn't sharp. Um, And I I know he was amped up and he was excited, 
and it's one of the reasons that they only let him go 60 to 65 pitches. I had spoken yeah. to Ollie before the game, and they said, hey, the, the whole thing is we're only going to give him that amount. And if he was at AAA making a, a rehab assignment or wherever they were going to send him, it was going to be 90 pitches. But they knew he would be excited about being back out there. And you think about what his career has been like, you know, 2020, He's ready to go, and we have the shutdown, and they were extremely careful with his pitch load when when they decided to get back. And then last year, he's off to a great start. Then he gets hurt. So he hasn't had a lot of pitching. And uh, I I can understand from a a personal level where he is so excited to get back out there. And I think that the real test is, okay, how are you feeling today? You know, what's your recovery like? How is your arm? How is your shoulder? How does your body respond after a major league game. And I, I think that's the most important thing. Um, I did notice his velocity was not, you know, the 95, 96. Now he hit, I think, 95 three different times in the first, and then it gradually dropped. Um, I looked at arm angle. I thought a couple of times maybe his arm angle dropped. But that that's correctable, unless there's a, a physical issue, which I'm not saying that there is, but the other stuff is correctable. Um, you can get, you know, bullpen sessions and – keep getting out there and, and fix it. So uh, I'll be curious about what Ali has to say when we uh, head to Boston later today, and hopefully I'll, I'll chat with him on the plane. And if not, I'll, I'll go to his office tomorrow or wherever I see him, but and just say, Hey, how's he doing? What did you think? And we'll get the, uh, we'll get the perspective of Ali on the positive side, the way Paul Goldschmidt's hitting the ball. This is something I feel like we're talking about on a weekly basis, but even when they are outs, they are hard hit. He hit to the track last night, ripped one that was uh, fielded cleanly by the Pirates. I mean, he's just hitting the ball so hard. And, of course, plenty of them are going out or, or leading to base hits. Uh, this guy is on absolute fire. I don't really have a question outside of just an observation of we were watching a cardinal performance of uh, incredible greatness at this moment with the first baseman. Yeah, for sure. And I mentioned it last night. There was a, a – kind of did a deep dive on some stats the last time that a guy's had a run like this and he had to go back to 06 and it was Albert Pujols that did it. So we haven't seen this in, you know, a decade and a half and, and more, I guess, uh, going back to 06 for a guy to, to be this locked in. I, I always go like to the different um, websites for baseball that give you spin rates and what guys are doing in counts and all this different stuff. I don't know how you would pitch to Paul Goldschmidt right now. I really don't. Um, I mean, there used to be a time where you could kind of get him on a up and in, and and, and if he cheated, he'd, he'd drill it. You know, he'd, he'd hit a rocket somewhere. There was a time maybe you could get him to chase a little bit outside if, he, if there was a spot. Right now, there is nowhere that he is not hitting the ball. And, and just watch how the opposition throws him. They go in, they go up, they go down, they waste one away. He doesn't chase, and anything that's in the zone is getting hit hard. So, um, to your point, Tim, I mean, it's it's something like we haven't seen in a long, long time. And uh, a guy who's getting some pitches to hit because of what's going on behind him, but he's capitalizing on it, and it's not just because guys are hitting behind him, is Brandon Donovan and what he is doing. I remember we were talking about him when, when spring training was going on, and now he's capitalizing on his opportunity. I just like watching him play, man. He's a, he's a gamer, and uh, I love the fact that, there's so many things that he's doing so well right now, but he he is allowing the load management idea of teams, and certainly the Cardinals are trying this. Ollie's doing it. He allows you to do it because he can play so many positions. So if you want Arenado off his feet, fine. You want Goldie off his feet like last night, fine. 
and he makes two diving plays. I really like the idea of maybe putting him second in the lineup and and you got Goldie hitting behind him. So you're going to get pitches to hit. But uh, the other thing is he works counts. So that first inning can be problematic for the opposition. That That is a troublesome inning when you got Tommy Edmond, who should be an all-star this year. Then you have Donovan, who's seeing, you know, four and a half to five pitches per plate appearance. Goldie is seeing that as well. Becomes a lengthy inning, and it becomes a an inning that can be really um, – an issue for the for the starting pitcher because he's going to have to throw 15, 20, 25 pitches maybe in that first inning. And if you remember when they got Dexter Fowler, the idea was, hey, I led Miss Diaz see, is seeing a ton of pitches. Matt Carpenter does that. Fowler does that. Well, this is this is it. This is what is what was supposed to happen. Yeah, then. yeah, you're right, and man. Yeah, it, and it's happening now. So I, I like the idea of putting him in the two hole and and seeing what he can do. You got a. You're going to like the sports hub of the world right now yeah. uh, with the the Red Sox and Cardinals, Celtics and Warriors, and uh, and the U.S. Open. So uh, enjoy the uh, weekend in Boston. I'm really looking forward to watching this stuff. Cardinals and Red Sox this weekend. I guess you've probably called what like four or five series there. I guess would that be about right at this point, Dan? I think I think it's two. I because you know we don't do postseason. So I went there one year in '13. I went uh, with the the club. The club actually took a bunch of uh, us up on a private playing you know they all the employees and stuff and mm-hmm. we actually saw game six but i yeah i've called a couple of series there like uh, the one that nomar garcia Parra went off there was a night that he went like four for five with three doubles and a homer or something like that um there's been other games that have been there we were there the last time i guess jackson would remember because he is the nba expert he but is. um <laughs> the uh the celtics had just won the nba title the Garnett, Pierce, oh, wait. Ray Allen, and they, they had the uh, trophy there. So I remember being there then. I think some of the guys are going to the game tonight. I did not qualify for the U.S. Open, so I'm available did to not. do play-by-play you did not. Weekend. You made yeah, it out of the I, local qualifying but fell short at the regional. Uh, double bogey yeah, 17, it, if I remember. That's right. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I really put together a solid round. I thought I had a shot. Yeah, I really did. Yeah, ball striking. And, premium. Uh, yeah, it just fell fell apart. So I'm scheduled to do the games for Bally. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to watching it. I anticipate some offense there with the uh, the temperatures and the ballpark and both teams' lineups. Looking forward to it. Dan McLaughlin every Thursday here on Balloon Party and throughout the week on 101 ESPN and, of course, on the call of the Cardinals and Red Sox on Bally's Sports Midwest. Dan, I appreciate it, man. Thanks so much. Enjoy the weekend in Boston. Okay, guys, thank you, and it's always a pleasure to visit with you. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> I enjoy it so it. much. Thank you. All right, we got to shut it down. BK and Ferrari are coming up next for Action Jackson. I'm Tim McKernan. We're off tomorrow. Uh, we will talk with you on Monday. This has been Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Peloton, let's go. This holiday with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're gonna pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.